0: Hey guys, this is Peter and welcome back to uh, The Universe In You. This is episode 5. First off, I want to apologize about the super delayed release. It's been about a week since my last scheduled release, and I've come to a realization. Between college and the other show I do with my sister, everything else, I just don't think I can maintain a every week release. So I'm going to move this to bi-weekly, and I'm going to release it on off weeks with Sci-Fi Sidebar, the other podcast. That so, that I can kind of balance my life a little bit better so you know I don't fail out of college because I decided to start a podcast. So, once again, though, very sorry about not releasing anything last week, things just got ahead of me, and before I knew it, it was like Tuesday and I realized I hadn't released anything anyway. So, this week we're going to be doing string theory. Now, it's gonna be a rather short episode, mostly because with string theory, you're either getting way too in depth or you're just gonna get a surface level view. There's not really an in between with these kind of very fringe. Very theoretical and weird particle physics. So just a real quick introduction. Again, super theoretical. We don't even know how to prove this. It's based on one-dimensional objects called strings, which I'll explain in a little bit. And it's a fundamental component of kind of developing theories of gravity and particle physics. And maybe even going to be the gateway to the unified theory, which again, I'll explain in a little bit. So it first came about in the 1960s or so as an explanation for strong nuclear force, as in the nuclear force that holds together the nucleus of an atom when you know the protons should be firing each other in opposite directions. But it was kind of quickly abandoned. They decided this wasn't the place to look for strong nuclear force. Something we're still hunting for, the reasons behind that. But there was a realization that it's a good quantum explanation for gravity. So some of the earliest theories used. A lot of dimensions. One of the first forms of string theory, the bosonic string theory, or I guess you know, I you know what it might be bosonic. It's probably bosonic. The bosonic string theory used 26 dimensions, and it used a class of particles known as bosons, and only bosons. These particles are things that follow something called Bose-Einstein statistics which is basically a description of how particles may occupy discrete energy states and can occupy the same quantum space, which is kind of really weird and doesn't really govern anything that you would know about or that's generally talked about among uh, more introduction-level physics. This was then developed more and developed into something called the superstring theories. So there were five prevailing ones. I'll go over those in a second when we get to the current theory. But basically, this general idea behind these theories relies on the symmetry between bosons and fermions. Fermions are particles which follow the Fermi-Dirac statistics, so not the Bose-Einstein statistics, but something else and equally hard to say. Basically, there are any particles that obey the poly exclusion principle, which we talked about in a recent episode. They can be quarks, which are super weird, and now that I think about it, it's something we should talk about. Protons, things you know about, uh, parts of the nuclei, electrons, these are all things that can be governed by Fermi-Dirac statistics and are therefore fermions. So again, there have been five different versions that kind of follow this general idea since 1990s when superstring theory was first contemplated. So the current theories are all based on a relationship called the ADS forward slash CFT correspondence. Or, and this is why there's an acronym, the anti-de-sitter conformal field theory correspondence. Basically it's in a conjectured relationship between these things called anti-de-sitter spaces, which are a major part of quantum gravity, and the conformal field theories, which are quantum field theories that describe elementary particles. Now notice, it's the combination of quantum gravity and elementary particles. These are things we have to kind of combine into one if we ever want to get a unified theory. So, the prevailing theory is known as the M-theory based on the ADS-CFT correspondence. It's made up of eleven dimensions. So that's ten spatial and one time dimension. Kind of like how we exist in space-time, which is three spatial dimensions and one time dimension, so we actually live in four dimensions. Same idea, just with eleven. So it's compiled of five previous theories, The type 1, type 2A, type 2B, and two versions of something called heterotic string theory. And the idea behind the M-theory is that each of these five theories kind of were about specific limited cases of an 11-dimensional theory called M-theory. So we took M-theory and broke it down into those five cases, except we worked backwards, or rather Edward Witten worked backwards and took those five cases and developed an M theory unifying them. So it was first theorized, as I said, by Edward Witten, in nineteen ninety five. Now, this is a rather famous remark he made. He said that M should stand for magic, mystery, or membrane. Basically whatever suited your fancy more. The membrane's because it actually uses something called brain, which we talked about in our Universes episode, and it's very similar to what we what's used in this theory. So The strings, what exactly are they? I mentioned them briefly earlier, but we're going to get down into the quote-unquote nuts and bolts of strings. So basically, strings are infinitesimally small, so small that they will basically never be seen by human eyes. One-dimensional strands that have with them a certain vibration. Now, I'm sitting here trying to tell you about this thing. And I cannot tell you what the heck one-dimensional strands means. But just kind of imagine a you know piece of your hair. And you just see like it's a very, very thin, thin line. And maybe it curves. Maybe it does da-da-da-da-da. Because strings can be curved. They can be looped. Which I don't really get how they can be one-dimensional and looped. But again, blows my mind. And the things with these one-dimensional items is that they are one dimensional or 11 dimensional or whatever we're talking about, oftentimes because it's mathematically practical. With more dimensions, you can get more mathematic, you know specifics, higher level of detail. I guess we're going the other way now and we're saying, well, one dimension and with a vibration. So I guess it has two values defining them. So if you increase your scale of view, and it becomes greater than the size of a string, they appear actually as normal particles with a mass, a charge, and other properties like their spin which are all determined by the vibration of that string. So because of this, elementary particles such as simple electrons or even what's beneath like those like subatomics can be just described as strings with different vibrations. Now to talk about any more is really complicated and actually after pretty extensive research I barely understood any of it and I'm probably not gonna fit this into a 10-15 minute episode about string theories on an all-audio medium that doesn't seem practical. So the idea is that these strings make up all of our existence all of reality is just made up these little strings that have no material properties, they're not quarks with their different colors They're not uh, electrons with their different spins or discrete energy levels, right? They're none of these things. They are one-dimensional strings that vibrate. In a way, it's the simplest form. See, as you break down your, your level of view, let's say, you go from like a person to their cells, to the molecules in their cells, to the atoms that make up the molecules, to the protons, to the electrons to the subatomic particles, to maybe the quarks get there eventually, uh, depending on what theory you're going to. Now we're getting to super theoretical because basically once you gets below the size of an atom, it's all super theoretical. But you start working your way down, 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 and eventually you get to the string. And the idea is that the string's as far as you can go. This is it. Everything in reality, all matter and energy, can be made up from these strings. And that's the very cool part of them. It's the idea that we've kind of come up with in our heads the end of reality. Or rather, the smallest it can go. And it already blew my mind thinking about how many atoms are in, say, my cup, right? I can calculate how many atoms of water are in my glass of water next to me. But I have no idea how many strings are in there. (laughs) I can count how many electrons are in there. You know, I can figure out roughly how the electrons are organized in the water. Works, but strings? Nada. If you remember from our first episode, we talked about how large the universe is. Let's go the opposite way. Let's talk about how small it is. How small everything that makes it up is. So speaking of the universe, let's talk about how it applies to reality. So with black holes, first off, something we're all familiar with, the space ninjas of the space, basically string theory is used to relate pretty well-established principles of entropy to black holes now thermodynamics has never been my strong suit therefore entropy isn't something I super get well and to be honest when I was trying to understand that that connection I really couldn't so I'm kinda failing this week in trying to turn a complicated topic into something understandable and really accessible to anyone but trust me it's not for lack of trying It's just really, really complicated. Okay, so uh, another thing that kind of string theory helps influence, helps affect our understanding of it is condensed matter physics, which sounds way cooler than it is. It sounds like some ridiculous sci-fi stuff about making, like, super dense matter or matter with negative mass or something, something cool. Um, It's not. It's just superconductors and superfluids. For those of you who don't know, a superconductor is any conductor which can convey a current with near with zero resistance, essentially zero ohms. Typically, it's a supercooled metal because, for kind of complicated reasons, metals resistance goes down as it gets colder. But the kind of the the holy grail—I'm gonna say that twice in this episode already, so. Get ready for it later. Is a some sort of conductor which can actually conduct electricity at room temperature with zero resistance, which would kind of solve a lot of issues with energy because a mind boggling amount of power gets lost on just the power grid. And then superfluids are fluids that can move with basically zero internal resistance and not really any external resistance either. A good example is uh, liquid helium, basically just. Glides. It's actually amazing. I can't really convey it to you once again an audio medium, but I would ex- suggest looking up a YouTube video of liquid helium uh, moving. It's very cool. So obviously I talked about it already. The really big thing that string theory can influence our understanding of the universe in is the unified theory. This is the once again, here it comes the holy grail of physics. Okay, basically any physicist that's ever had a theoretical idea, something that's not really helpful to you, you know to Sally Joe or, or Ben, who's it face? because it's not gonna affect his life. If they've ever had the a thought of that something that's completely unpractical and not useful to the general person, it is they are fans of finding the unified theory, okay? So, basically, what it is, it's a single theory. Not just Einstein's theory of general relativity. Not just Pauli's exclusion principle. A single theory that provides a comprehensive view of the universe and all of the mechanics in it. Whether it's black matter, whether it's antimatter, whether it's gravity, whether it's quantum mechanics. It all goes in this theory. And the major issue right now is reconciling Wave based principles in things like quantum mechanics or that has excessively complicated and convoluted ways of understanding that we like, we don't know how things get entangled or why they are entangled. Like we have to figure stuff like that out to really figure this out and basic particle like Newtonian physics, a ball, ball, a hits ball B and imparts energy C with energy release D. Like these are things we have understanding of and we've had it for years. That's not the hard part. The hard part's linking them together. And that's the unified theory. So, the idea is, with string theory, if we can find a common ground, a place that originates... A place that results in both of these ideas, of quantum mechanics and of particle physics. Kind of like a common... Think about a common ancestry. Like, humans' common ancestry with animals, you know, through evolution and all that. If we can find that that point where they link together, then we can use an understanding and a study of string theory to tie it all back in. So, string theory. If it's true, first off, it talks about how reality is weaved together. But if it's true, it can provide a fundamental shift in how we humans see our universe it may do nothing for us practically, but it's an answer I'd still like to have. So, uh, actually, next week's topic is going to be something just, which can just get simple. We're just going to talk about types of galaxies. Talk about the, the different galaxies, the, the little ones, the big ones, the colliding ones, uh, the super scary ones, the really weirdly empty ones, and everything in between and all that. Okay, so here comes my obligatory sci-fi sidebar plug. So, first off, we are going to try to actually go to a... Uh, a bi-weekly release for that show. We just did Jurassic Park. I think it went really well. I think it's one of our better shows. Like, you know, let us know. This isn't Sci-Fi Sidebar, but still, you know, go ahead and listen to that. I'd re- really appreciate it. It's also by the Signifying Nothing Network. And just let us know. We are doing the experts portion, or rather, like, the result of our research on what real people have to say in the world in I think it's releasing that next week. We're going to release it on the 15th of February. So you know, keep an eye out for that. If you haven't listened to it yet, I would really appreciate going back and listening to some old episodes. Let us know what you think. Go to our website, You know, subscribe, link, comment, whatever you got to do. And let us know what you think. We're really, really eager for feedback. We'd love it. Our email, if you want to give us that feedback, is snn at signifyingnothingnetwork.com. Our URL is You guessed it, signifyingnothingnetwork.com. Our Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash signifyingnothingnetwork. Please reach out, let us know what you think. And a quick reminder again about the release schedule. It's going to go bi-weekly on alternating weeks with Sci-Fi Sidebar. So I'm not going to be overloaded because I edit both podcasts. So I've got to find a time to record and edit. Basically for every half hour of recording time, there's at least that much in editing usually twice as much so please be patient okay guys again this has been uh, the universe in you by the signifying nothing network it is a tale told by an idiot have a good two weeks